Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. I've heard that voice before. Okay, so Anthony just went from being chipper, happy, all normal, got in like god in character had his hands on his head his eyes down to give that because he to give that response uh, <laughs> that's what we get for telling me i should quit acting oh so this is a very very special tis the podcast this is our last podcast of november 2020 and we are recording together a few hours before thanksgiving Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Eve. Normally, I'd be out getting drunk, but not this year for obvious reasons. Because you'd rather spend it with us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with bars being closed. I feel bad for all the bars being closed. This is the biggest drinking night of the year. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Have we talked about that before? We have talked about it before, so I feel yeah. bad that they're either closed or a half capacity because they're losing lots of business tonight. Yeah. I feel worse about the people whose families are in uh, ICU right now and, and comas intubated because they're having, I'm sorry that I can, I can also feel bad for the small businesses and local restaurants that are suffering from this pandemic as well. You mean like our small business that's suffering from this pandemic and down about 60% in sales from last year. <laughs> are those the kind of small businesses you're talking about, Anthony? Yes, I wasn't being, I was saying all small businesses. <laughs> you just love how I flipped from making you feel guilty about one thing, right? Trying to make you feel guilty about the thing you were depending? Man, I am the worst. <laughs> are, you, are you all ready for the holiday tomorrow? I'm ready for the holiday tomorrow. Is your turkey Although, like seasoned and thawed? Well, so... What's funny is after we get done tonight, I'm going to go carve that turkey because I'm not a turkey person and I was, I don't ever do turkey. I always do ham, but then we have some, my parents aren't going to Ohio, so they're coming over. Marty's boss offered to get us a turkey and I'm like, sure, I'll take a smoked turkey. And it's from a place in town that's really, really good. The Hamlet? So, no, well, it's a turkey. Does the Hamlet do turkeys? They sure do. Oh, that seems, I don't know, like blasphemous or something. Right, right. But the Hamlet would do turkeys. Um, it's from Stu's Barbecue. Um, nice. He primarily does catering and stuff, but it's like black. It's so smoked. It's good. But anyway, oh. so he shows up with the turkey, a big turkey. And unbeknownst to me, he shows up with green beans, mashed potatoes, stuffing, sweet potato casserole, gravy, green bean casserole, rolls, butter. And I was like, 
I thought you were just bringing a turkey. <laughs> and he's like, nope, we brought everything. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> so you're done. I have a lot less cooking I have to do tomorrow. That's right. That's so, awesome. Yeah, That's so it was amazing. a nice little Thanksgiving miracle. My in-laws, I think, are weaseling out of coming over for Thanksgiving. Oh, no. Why? Yeah. I don't know. My mother-in-law talked to somebody who was like 15 feet away from her. And the lady didn't have a mask, so now she's coming. She has COVID. I don't know. Oh. And I'm like, huh. that's stupid. Just come over. But we got Christine has decided she didn't want a raw turkey in our house for whatever reason. So we got a yeah. cooked turkey from Sprouts. Yeah. And he is beautiful. So I'll be warming oh. him tomorrow. And with it came mashed potatoes, but they don't look as good as mine. So I'm still making mashed potatoes and stuffing. Also still making stuffing. Cream spinach and kale, which looked really good. The cranberry yeah. sauce. I'm not going to make cranberry sauce because it looked really good too. And it came with gravy yeah. and Hawaiian rolls. Dude. Mm, yeah, or yeah. Hawaiian rolls too. I love Hawaiian so I'm rolls. like, I'm like, I just have to make mashed potato stuffing and green bean casserole and we're done. Yeah. That's awesome. It's easy peasy, right? Uh, I made some wrong. cranberry sauce. <laughs> it's like too easy. Right? Right? Wait a second. Don't forget to put it in the fridge. Maybe that's the trick. I made a, a cranberry sauce last night at my coworkers. Um, encouragement it's a chipotle cranberry sauce and dang for real it's really good yeah it's cranberry it's like sauce with chipotle, with chipotle peppers in it it's smoky and spicy and it's mm. like the best of both worlds it's delightful that's awesome yeah what about you anthony i have no clue what we're doing tomorrow nope let's let's change subject oh yep no we're, we're, keeping, we're keeping anthony happy we're keeping anthony happy so anthony what? you may not be the only one with a small family christmas tomorrow but you know what if you're feeling lonely that's what i said you if you're christmas. feeling lonely <laughs> i was <laughs> i know i said that uh, yeah no I, I messed up i was just you know like people who can't admit they're wrong it was a joke never mind anyway it was meant to be funny <laughs> it's, it's always funny funnier when you have to explain things it is it is it's a lot funnier <laughs> when uh, people don't understand basic humor um and i was gonna be nice and say if you're feeling lonely and need to feel like you're surrounded by family let me know we will pull up the ipad and zoom y'all into our thanksgiving as well yeah well that'd be you nice can, thank you, you can be a part of the crow family thanksgiving um i will yeah. say one thing i've never uh i've never had a small just us thanksgiving oh plus we somehow ended up with a ham i don't know how we don't really eat ham because we're primarily plant-based but we give in for thanksgiving but there's a ham in my fridge that i don't know i like ham how i got there ham. ham is delicious ham is so stinking good ham is for christmas nails. for me though oh. Can't it be both? For... it's yeah, for thanksgiving it easter and christmas <laughs> it's for easter and christmas for me turkey is literally only for thanksgiving for me turkey's for <laughs> christmas too and thanks and easter and random days in the middle of summer that's that's gross no there's this place called smoke to within an inch of its life and then that's there's this place called fetch up like 40 minutes upstate from me it's a weird like dog themed restaurant there are like millions of statues and pictures of dogs it's really weird like i guess the owners are dog lovers but does the meat taste funny at all (laughs) no and on the menu they have these year round they have these amazing thanksgiving egg rolls which is literally Turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing, everything you find on Thanksgiving plate, mashed together and deep fried in an egg roll, and it is amazing. That's year I round. I would eat that. Year round, yeah. 
I used to get at, there's a, a German restaurant here downtown, and I used to get there. They would have a turkey sausage with cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, and stuffing on the, the sausage, and it was pretty magical. Mm, it sounds magical. It was. They would have it one day a year. You know what's not magical? Um, I can think of a few things that aren't magical. I think what you're trying to get us to say that wasn't magical, Anthony, is the movie we're covering tonight, which is the 2020 Netflix original christmas chronicles 2 is that correct that is correct okay so uh let's let's just go through real quick i'm gonna go through what the movie's about we'll knock out our the cast and crew we don't have a history of this we all watched it today because it dropped today which is why we're recording on a wednesday then we can give our overall our overall thoughts for those of us who have well-articulated thoughts and not <laughs> visceral and ill-informed, angry Anthony opinions about the film. Uh, so what we do, this film, um, I didn't see, it's, it's new, so there aren't very good story, there aren't very good plot synopsises there, and I didn't put mm-hmm. one together because we are often ill-prepared on this podcast, apparently. Um, <laughs> poorly researched and ill-prepared. Uh, so... Uh, what we have is we have we're we're, vi- we're picking up a, a, a year down the road two years from the last two years down the road from last Christmas Chronicles and Kate. God, did you even watch the movie? Kate is now a teenager. Well, I was thinking because it came out last year. It came out two years ago. <laughs> did it really? Yeah, 2018. Uh, so we're two years later. We're two years two years after the last one, and Kate is now a teenager and very. Uh, cynical her mother is has a new romantic interest and they've decided that uh well they've decided to 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 live an an absolute abomination and celebrate christmas at the equator which is which is least christmasy place ever very disgusting thing to do and through all of this kate feels like her dad is being forgotten because her mom is is moving into the arms of another man as a result she decided yeah that's not been not been covered by like thousands of movies over time right (laughs) kate decides to run away and when she does her mom's new beau's son tags along and they end up getting kidnapped by what we find out is later belschnickel who is an angsty looking is he supposed to be a teenager because he really looks older but he really i get the feeling they're trying to make him into a teenager who takes them into the realm of the north pole puts them in danger so santa will rescue them and he can follow them back to the north pole where he was once an elf, but made all these horrible decisions and became a very naughty elf and was cursed to become a human. Now he wants to destroy Christmas and everything that Santa holds near and dear. And that is the plot synopsis for this movie without going too into it. The movie is again written and directed by Chris Columbus. Uh, First time he, he directed it. He didn't direct the first one. He produced the first one. Oh, produced. Okay, well, he directed this one. We are starring Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Darby Camp is back as Kate. And Kimberly Williams-Paisley is back as Kate's mom, Claire. Judah Lewis is back as Teddy, Mm -hmm. her older brother. Tyrese Gibson is in this as Bob, mom's new love interest. Such a nice Um, guy. A uh, completely different role from what I've seen him in in the past. This yeah. is all yeah. new. 
because <laughs> when I think of Tyrese, I mean, like, he's usually this very hardened figure, right? He's in, like, the Fast and the Furious movies, bad boy. He's just A lot of people this... want him to play Jon Stewart in the Green Lantern movie. He would be awesome in that. He would be awesome for it. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not his first Christmas movie, though. It is his first time covered by a Christmas movie here. He was in the movie Black Nativity. He's been in the Transformers franchise. Uh, yeah, he's done a lot. And he's very, uh, he's an amazing actor, I think. I, I think more so after watching this film and seeing him in something, and now for something completely different. Uh, we're all Tyrese fans, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. Her little soon-to-be stepbrother is played by Yazir Bruno, who was in the 2020 movie The Witches, which is still causing nightmares for my daughter. Thank you. That's where he was from. I watched that movie a month ago, and I couldn't figure out what this dude was from. Yeah. He was in that movie. so cute. That should have a harsher rating than it does. He was in Atlanta, The Oath, um, and that's about it. He's, He's relatively new, but racking up some... IMDb creds. He falls and then we have for me in the category of young actors who are all cute, no skill. Oh my gosh. Speaking of young-ish actors with uh, little skill, Belschnickel is played by Julian Dennison, who was in the Deadpool franchise. He was in Deadpool 2, and mm-hmm. um, that's really all I knew him from. Hashtag not my Belschnickel. Am I right? Oh, big time. So that covers pretty much everybody. Like I said, history's not really there because it's brand new. It'll be interesting to see where we all land on ranking this movie at the end. The only person I haven't really heard an opinion from is Julia. So we'll save her for last because Anthony's, and we'll let Anthony, the most vocal of us online so far about this film, go first. Anthony? So in preparation of this movie, I did watch the first one again. Me too. What did you and think of this you? time? <laughs> well, you, do you really not know? Because I did put this in Discord. I didn't see I, it. I haven't, had, I haven't had time to play around online because some of us have real jobs. I just saw what you posted in our Facebook group about your rewatch. And yes. <laughs> so I did rewatch it. Not happy. And my opinion changed for the worst. <laughs> movie doesn't hold up at all. It annoyed me more this time than it did when we covered it. Definitely not in my Christmas canon. So I was going into the sequel with very, very low expectations, which I think helped because I did like the sequel more than the original. I'll say that. A lot more than the original. But it's still an awful movie. Not my Mrs. Claus. Not my Belschnickel. Not my child actors who it's impossible to sympathize with, which I think is the acting, because writing aside, the writing, if, you, if I took a step back and looked objectively, I feel bad for this girl, but she played her way too bratty. Uh, not my elves. The CGI somehow got worse with the elves How did and the she reindeer. Play it too and the bratty. Oh, whoa, whoa. How did she the play it too bratty? Flying. The whole the whole role of her character was to be a spoiled little brat who felt entitled and ran away. You can't overplay the bratty. It was you're showing us an example of how to overplay the bratty right now. Uh, too predictable. I could literally every single thing in this movie was predictable from the moment. She talks to that kid. From the moment you see they go back in time, you're like, oh, she's going to meet her dad, blah, blah, blah. This, this movie was overly saccharine. It, it didn't do it for me. Like, it's 
pacing this line. This was overly saccharine, but you liked Alien Xmas, really? Alien Xmas is 20 million times better than this. Just saying. And Wrong. Will you shut up, man? Probably not. <laughs> Wrong. So, <laughs> so yeah, and pacing. Pacing. The first, I thought the first movie had pacing issues. This movie, man, it dragged. It was a better story overall, but once you get to, like, Belschnickel stealing the star... I'm like, holy crap, there's still an hour and five minutes left of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was just... I, I, I'll say this. I really like Kurt Russell as Santa, which is an improvement over the first one. And I am so, so disappointed. So disappointed that these are the crappy movies he gets because he deserves really good Christmas movies. And instead, his legacy is going to be tied to a horrible Mrs. Claus, a horrible... Christmas movies with a horrible Belschnickel with horrible effects. And the only thing I don't like about the Santa is they play him off as this tyrant of the North Pole in his stupid luxury kingdom. Hate that North Pole. Anyway, we'll get into the movie when it goes on. You liked him better as Santa in this one than the first one? 100%. The first one, he was a. Uh, the first one, I didn't like him. Have I said that? I know it sounds like I hate the movie and I don't like the movie, but it is better than the first one, in my opinion. So, Ooh. what about y'all? I'm Anthony. Could I be any more wrong? <laughs> That's where I'm going to start with this. One, uh, the movie was not, it's probably not going to make it in my canon. It'll be there as something that I may or may not watch, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it in the future. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I trying to think of everything that anthony said i agree with him on the belschnickel stuff the belschnickel i don't know that the storyline for belschnickel was awful but the execution was terrible i like the idea of a fall from grace belschnickel who's like why couldn't they have been a fall from grace elf like that's not me being sarcastic like why ruin the belschnickel mythology and not just make it an elf a bad elf? I, i'm i'm agreeing with you 100 okay okay cool i'm agreeing with you on that i'm saying like i like the idea of a fall from grace i don't know why he had to become human um, I think maybe to make him, I don't know, they were trying to make him relatable and put him in the real world as an elf. He would not have been able to, to, to come over, but there were other uh, ways Not to mention, were... why did they have to grow him back into an, a freaking elf that's going to give me nightmares for life and was really creepy when they call, started picking him up and cobbling him like a baby. Whew. And she, Goldie, Goldie Hawn kisses him at the end. Oh my God, yes. Creepy. Uh, it, that was creepy, I'll give you that. I think it says something about the design of Belschnickel. And if we look at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade for tomorrow, they've got Hug, they've got Bjorn, they've got Jojo, they've got Fleck. They don't have Belschnickel as an elf in the- Well, they were all in it last time, in fairness. But they're specifically saying this is, this is Netflix, the Christmas Chronicles 2 elves. Ah. Oh, they were in the parade last time, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't see it last year. Um, but they didn't bring him back. The elves in the parade, the floats look adorable. Goldie Hawn was okay to me. I didn't have the, the, I don't have the hatred of Goldie Hawn that Anthony's carrying into this. It's weird she was a witch. <laughs> I don't, like, I know Santa and Mrs. Claus are, like, magical, right? You expect them. But she was, like, a proper witch with a cauldron. And that was just a weird choice to me. Anyway. I, I don't hate it. 
I don't hate it. There were some issues I had with it that we'll, that we'll go through. Again, there's nothing as visceral as Anthony, and I definitely did not like this one as much as the first one. I did rewatch the first one again. I think I've seen it two or three times this season, and uh, my family enjoys it. I have to give a shout-out to my wife really quickly for catching a nice little Easter egg that I missed, that all three of the elves missed, and I'm kind of ashamed that we missed it. But in the first one, they do pay homage to Stranger Things in the scene where Teddy steals the car. Also, another problem I had, I really liked the dynamic between uh, Teddy and Kate in the first one. The connection in this one between Kate and, uh, what's his name, Jack, Jack. Felt, more, felt more artificial to me, I will say. I missed Teddy. I missed Teddy in this one. I bet Teddy didn't miss it. He got to hang out at the Cancun with a girl, go snorkeling with her. I'm sure he had a lot more fun than hanging out with Santa at that age. You don't get that sense from the last scene. No, he was, so, last scene. he was so excited to see Santa when he flew over and the kids parachuted. Also, the parachuting was pretty amazing, but we'll talk about that. Julia, what did you think? I'm interested to hear your opinion. <laughs> okay. So I also rewatched the first one um, today with the older kids anyway were watching it with me. And I liked it more upon second viewing. Um, or th- I guess a technically third viewing. It's my first viewing this season. Um, the first one, I-, I like every part of Kurt Russell in the first one. I think the storyline's a lot tighter because it's a lot more simple. Um, I like that Santa's driving force in the first one is specifically for Teddy and his sister. Um, almost like he's there for them exclusively. So I had... <laughs> I had lower expectations for sequels just because they're not typically as good. Um, I know that Goldie Hawn has been out of the spotlight as far as roles for quite some time. Um, clear why. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Um, so I had lower expectations for this one and I was not disappointed. Um, although I should have lowered my expectations to really <laughs> have not been <laughs> really disappointed. This is not a great movie. It's, it's not, it's got some really great things. Like I really like the North pole. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I think the mythology of the star is super weird. Um, introducing so much elf culture was not my favorite part. Like this is an, an elf heavy movie in every aspect. It's and I, real elf. Heavy. Can I piggyback off that for one second? I, I like not to make an argument. I just want to agree with you on that. And I feel like I'm, I would have been fine with elf culture if the elves weren't these awful furry CGI things that didn't speak English. Right. Yeah, they're not elves. Well, I don't mind the language. Um, I think the elven language and the way that Santa uses it and stuff is actually really cool. But I don't like these elves very much. They were fine in the first one because they were not in it for very long. And what they were in it really was geared towards younger audiences. So like Jude thought they were awesome. Um, mm-hmm. but man, there's a lot of that in this very long movie and this movie's very long <laughs> and, uh, Anthony's spot on with the pacing. It's very awkward. Um, there's not enough first Christmas Chronicle Santa in it for me. Um, and there was more than one occasion <laughs> that I shouted at the television, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. Because it felt uh, with like the nor- with the North Pole stuff, the naming of the North Pole, where no, no, it's like when him and Belschnickel are fighting over the star, uh, and they're both like, it's pissing contest. Kind well, of. that's why I did like Mrs. Claus. I, I love Mrs. Me too. I that was that was powerful. 
Right. I, I wish she would have it would carried be, it off better. I just think it'd be nice to meet another human that shares my affinity for elf culture. <laughs> this is disappointing. Yeah. Do you think that the I, do you think that if the elves were more more uh, anthropomorphized, if they were if they were closer to a human or humanoid creature, you would have found the elf lore culture backstory a little more interesting? Maybe they need to pick something, right? They're like too much in the middle that it's very unsettling. Like I don't mind it being a race of elves that look very not human. That's fine. Or a race of elves that look human and they just happen to be elves. That's also fine. But this mishmash in the middle is really disconcerting. Like the teeth Mm -hmm. are really distracting. The teeth are just, it's a lot. And they come off fairly terrifying. More in this one than the last one. I'm 100% with you on that they either need to go all the way into like this like there's two in the middle i like i would like these elves better even with the cgi if they were more anthropomorphized like make them fully like these squirrel type inhuman elves like make them a little Mm -hmm. more like give them a voice or something you know what i mean like yeah yeah, like uh like Belschnickel especially is just a really awkward. It looks like it looked like when they were. They designed that elf to go for the actor. I mean, you can't really. They yeah. did. They did. But what? But when when he goes from being Belschnickel back to the elf at the end, especially, it looks like he didn't quite make the full transformation. Like, he doesn't <laughs> fit in with the elves. It looks like it looks like he got like seventy percent there and just stopped. Move your head a little bit, Anthony. Look at that Santa. I love him as Santa so Good much, night. so much. And you know, the failing in this one on the Santa aspect for me doesn't feel like a Kurt Russell problem. It feels like a weak script problem um, because there are, were so many cringy moments with the dialogue that like, have you ever been in those movies where you're like, did they just, did he really just say that? And you feel almost embarrassed for the writers. Like you I, had to I do have that. Been. I mean, yeah. So that felt like this one to me too. Um, I liked no part of any of the Belschnickel stuff. None. I didn't like the actor that did it. I didn't like he was an elf. He's not an elf. He was turned into a human. What an insult that a punishment for him was turning into a human. But uh, not like, to mention, I, I feel I, they could have been powerful. Like if you wanted a good lesson, don't change him, change him back to an elf at the end. Show him that human nature has like its good problems. It's good things yeah. too. And 100%. Like but when anyway, like, I'm sorry, Julia, I cut you off. Go on. I just wanted to get that no. point in when you said that. That's what That's Kate's accurate. saying to him too, right? Like it would have been better if you would have learned that lesson and been like, oh, okay, I'm cool being a human. No, it was just a lot. It was a lot to cram into a little box of a movie and they should have pared it down and simplified it. And they should have made Belschnickel a little scary and a lot more foreboding than he was because his obnoxious teenager antics are just dumb. It didn't work for me. And I didn't, I didn't like the whole, there's five elf laws, and if you break them, then you're banished. I didn't really like that either. Um, you're banished and turned into a human, which, like you said, is an insulting punishment. Right. Like, it's such a curious, especially when Santa serves humans. Like, why would it be a punishment for an elf to turn into a human? Isn't Santa a human? services to humans. Yeah. Santa's, not to mention, like, maybe, like, yeah, they could have done something where it's like, maybe he lost his magic instead but you don't turn in, you know what I mean? I don't know. Right. Something like. So, and then I'll also say um, my favorite scenes with Goldie Hawn are where she's with Kurt Russell, because that is precious to me. (laughs) Their cute little relationship. And the fact that they really are together, like in real life, but every other time she's by herself, it's 
poor dialogue. It's she's been out of acting for Skip too acting. long. She's definitely she's definitely not the overboard Goldie Hawn that I've loved for years and years and years. Um, and I didn't like the witch stuff. I thought that was dumb. Like they could have had her magic expressed in another way that didn't feel like she was a witch because she like was Santa. like straight up a witch. Like right, like Santa, magic. or even like if she's when she's looking at uh, where Santa is, right, and she's seeing the vision in the cauldron. Why could she have seen that somewhere else? Like the <laughs> it snow was odd. or something. Yeah, yeah. Like right, like it was snow globe, and it was just a lot. And I feel like they there's there is too much of a good thing. They should have stopped a lot of a lot of. They should have stopped many many points before the movie, and then. So- What's funny is Hannah called the, she was talking to her dad in the past. The minute like she sat down, I did too. I was like, this is the dad. This is the dad. And Ethan and I were like, man, you called it. And so, and that was like, we had time travel. We had, it's just, is a lot. It was just so much. And I missed Teddy. I missed Teddy so much. My favorite scene in the movie is when Teddy is excited seeing them parachute down onto the beach. Um, because that feels like the most realistic part of the movie to me you know that he was as excited for what she just got to experience and he's like tell me all about it i love okay that. so there are things i want to just like not rebuff just like you brought up some interesting points i want to express my view on so you said this santa didn't work for you compared to the first one right yeah and you said you think because the first one it almost seemed like he was here for the kids like specifically to help the kids and help their story and help them deal with that grief or whatever right yeah. Help them become a family. I would argue he is like that in this one too. So for me, what why this one works better is it worked far better for me that it seemed like Santa knew what he was doing, taking her to that moment in time or taking her to the airport. He knew where he was at that time to see her dad so she could get closure than the ornament at the end of the first one, which I, if you go back and listen to the episode, I hated that him giving oh, Teddy that ornament at the end. That does nothing for me. And this time when it happened, when I watched, rewatched it, I rolled my eyes. I was like, that's so stupid. That, but that's me. That didn't work for me. This time, the, the, the number one scene that worked for me regarding this girl, who I think is an awful actress, is her with her dad and getting that closure and Santa giving her that moment with her dad. And she calls him out for, did you take me here on purpose? And he just kind of like, you know, plays coy That was a it. coincidence. Says, yeah, exactly. It's a coincidence, sure. And so that all worked for me. So that, to me, I feel like Santa was there for that story, just like Mrs. Claus was there for Jack's story, right? Like, it's not like they mm-hmm. didn't help these kids grow anyway. It was just, yeah, the story, this movie isn't as personal as the first one. It had more action. But like you said, it's way overstuffed, for sure. But, like, I still feel like Santa was there for those kids in the same way as he was in the first one. To me, he worked better in this one because he wasn't as as aloof in this one as he was in the first one, which really bothered me. But he wasn't in the first one either, we learned. At the end that, of the but, hat. It bothered that me. Hat, that hat it bothered so well. He, did, he didn't see, yeah, exactly. He, it was like Indiana Jones when he realized the Nazis still would have destroyed themselves if Indiana wasn't in the movie at all. <laughs> like, that whole movie was pointless because he could have like done that all without the hat. That didn't work for me in the first, but whatever. It's not the first one. So that's the one point I wanted to make about Kurt Russell's Santa. And then you have something else I wanted to say too. Oh, the star. The star stuff was weird, you said. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, but I do like, there were, not pertaining to the star, I, I like that they attempted and failed, but they attempted 
to weave in all of this Santa mythology, this Christmas mythology in general. Like they had the star, they had Belschnickel, awful, failed with him. I like that they included the Yule Cat, who we've talked about before on the show. I thought he was cool. Uh, I thought he was the best CGI in the movie, actually. The reindeer looked awful, but. The reindeer were awesome. The reindeer were great. I disagree with you on that. And I did like the Yule Cat. The Yule Cat looked real. Ish. Oh, what's with those stupid jackalopes? They looked awful CGI. But, uh, yeah. Oh, is that what they were? They were jackalopes? That's what he said they were. I thought they were hyenas. I didn't hear that. They (laughs) looked like hyenas. He just gave it a, he just gave it another name. He, he said he, he created them. Well, whatever. They could have created something a little more realistic looking. But that goes They're like back. hyenas they with like, a pug face. They look yeah, like the hy- they look to me like the hyenas from the Lion King cartoon. Yeah. They looked the Lion King cartoon looked more realistic than that. But I'm saying that's and I, I realize that's, that's where I see the inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I think those are the two things I wanted to say. But but for me, yeah, I loved. I did like that moment. The stuff with her dad at the airport a lot better than their storyline in the first one with getting over their dad. I thought that worked a lot better on every level for me in this one. And I didn't miss Teddy, but I didn't like Teddy in the first one either. Also, like Tom, you said something too. I hated the parachutes. Oh, I thought it was cute. I liked it. The Santa magic. Exactly, Santa magic. He already showed he can like <laughs> and send somebody down. Just do that. Anyway. It's a lot less fun for the kid. Well, I could jump as a like, human being. I could parachute like, out of any. I would pl- love to jump out of a sleigh and have a parachute automatically appear. That would be amazing. Right, but right. like that's but just not, teleportation. That's, that's not fun. Tell because teleportation you'll never experience except with magic. I can right now go to a plane and skydive and have a parachute. Not magically appear on your back. I mean, <laughs> I like I like the recurrence of the uh, the way he lays his finger aside of his nose and then. Mm-hmm. At the end, as Kate's jumping, she looks at him and does the same thing. It was really cute to me. That was cute. I like that too. You mean when they like, why does that, he keep when, doing that thing with his nose? And I'm like, you know. Lay, laying his finger aside of his nose. Yeah, I'm like, you mean you thought that the poem? Was She's like, what poem? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Don't worry about you, it. You thought that was cute, Tom? When before they backflip like superhumans off of that sleigh? Yeah. I don't know superhumans. I've never... You are not the only target audience. The the three of us here on the podcast are not the single target audience for this movie. If anything, the second one, we're less of the target audience. 100%. And that to me is a problem because Christmas movies, in my opinion, should be for the family. Like you could sit down and watch Elf or Home Alone, anyone in the family, any age, and enjoy it. Or Noel. I I don't, I'm not going to get into that. I don't feel like this is true for these movies. And that's a problem for any Christmas movie for me. You know, anyone that's purporting to be, like, a family movie. Obviously, there are ones like The Ref. That's not family. That's meant to be a family movie. That's rated R. I mean, debatable. <laughs> Obviously. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's a problem for me. I, so, I agree with you. Like, it's, we are not the target audience of that. But that is a problem for me. Because I feel like a family Christmas movie, the target audience should be broad enough to include everyone in the family. All right, let's go through the plot. Can we talk about how all stupid this beginning was, where we're taken to Belschnickel's stupid underground lair? And he somehow, yeah, so we open up with Belschnickel, right? And Belschnickel, two years later, has a video, and he's trying to be some sort of computer hacker, but every monitor, all like 12 monitors he has, have the same video of 
cake <laughs> from two years ago that he's just now getting from some sort of warped elf that uh, doesn't like Santa, I guess. And he's watching. He's like, oh, we have a true believer. We must get her. Um, Which, did anyone think that was going to come back? Like, her true believer status? She, he, I thought he was going to be like, I'm going to stop her from believing and that's going to ruin the magic or something. Right. I think the only purpose of it was so that they could give you that little breadcrumb that it was her dad at the end. That, yeah, well, that, I think, I think, I think that and so not. when they go to the North Pole, Santa can hear her. When Correct. She's like, Help. That's what I was going to oh. say. So she could, so she could right. reach out to Santa. So he decides, you know, again, he looks like he's sitting in his mom's basement at this point, some sort of South Pole <laughs> mom's basement. Where he has a publicity shot of this movie of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. That's clearly a publicity shot released to the public for this movie in his little. That's funny. <laughs> Did you feel? Does he feel like Cartman to you from South Park? I know who you're like. Like about. I'm just waiting for him to yell that the, that's that's his pot pie at some point in it, right? It would have been fitting because this is basically Cartman only. He's much worse than Cartman because when he goes bad, anyway, we'll talk about when he goes bad. Well, well this, this goes back to what we were all agreed on earlier in our opinions. Why did they need to use Belschnickel and not just an elf who went bad? An elf who went bad rather than warping the Belschnickel mythology so much. Like, I remember when they said they were going to do a whole series of these movies. I was like, well, the one bright spot is, oh, they announced Belschnickel. Belschnickel would be cool as a villain against Santa. It would be cool to see Krampus one day. I don't want them to touch Krampus now after seeing what they did with Belschnickel. <laughs> I still think if the Belsh, if the if the elves were some sort of humanoid creature that looked much closer to humans, and he were truly bad, Belsh, like we could have seen a progression, like like kind of the way uh, you see in in through Christian art, you see this development of Lucifer. You know, mm-hmm. We know he was an angel, but this is what he developed into. We could have had a similar fall from grace for. I think we could have still kept the Belschnickel mythology. That could have been done really well. I think. Oh, I, I that, that would have been done better. Was, yeah. I think it would be would have been cool if Belschnickel was Santa's right hand man. I, I wish just, we had again. I wish we were able to watch all this together for the first time because I wish you guys could have oh, seen me fun. roll my eyes when he pulled out that picture of Santa and the elf, and he's like, "You were the first human I trust." And the last, and he looks at the camera, I'm like, Jesus, are you freaking kidding me here? So when we are at this first scene, I immediately am like, oh crap, I'm going to hate this movie. And then we leave from there and we're in, we're in Cancun, I think. Is that, I, I've only seen it written. Is that how it's pronounced? Can, Cancun? Oh <laughs> <laughs> we're in Cancun and Kate is just obviously miserable. Teddy is miserable. Uh, their mom is in love and dancing and having all this fun and they're embarrassed about it. And Kate is having these very, she's obviously talking to the camera, which is a weird decision at this point where she's Mm -hmm. basically talking about how, oh, well, if they're gonna do this, I'm just gonna run away. And I get it. She's at an age, she's a true believer. She loves Christmas and all things Christmas. And you take your kid to the beach. Like there is, absolutely no place i would find as dreadful as beach at christmas can we all agree yes we i can agree i think it's subjective though i get her we have we have had we remember we have heard from listeners who grew up in that climate where that is christmas to them but yes for a girl from chicago or boston that must suck 
Julie and I grew up in that climate. We had 80, 90 degree Christmases. I know, no, no, I'm aware, but a lot of people who do live in that Some climate do. does like it. Do they like do, it. and and they can. We be like our Aussie and New Zealand long. friends. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, exactly. Have, Where it is. If it was what I experienced, I mean, if it was what you did every year, because that's how it was where you lived, it'd be different. But you know, the majority of people who American are from, viewers. Well, yeah, and well, when, when I was talking to some people, because if you go to California, you know, like if you're in San Francisco, there's no big difference. It's just like it is all all year long. And I was talking to some friends out there, and they're like. Yeah, we still long for that that snow and everything because that's what Hollywood sells us, right? That's what Christmas mm-hmm. is supposed to be in Hollywood. And um, I bought into that big time hook, line, and sinker. That's very the cold, you know, fireplace thing is very much uh, intertwined into my my Christmas. I think though the point of her not liking this at the beginning is also it's not about where you are to spend it with, which is where they get to at the end. It's yeah. It, that's that was what was made this. That they did tie that back in a nice bow at the end. I'll give you that. And and, and I'll just say was, about her too that what you just said about Cancun at the beginning, whatever you said about she's clearly not happy to be there. Again, I feel like they were setting up this whole I'm gonna be a runaway plot because they were trying to compare her to Belschnickel because this is exactly what happened with him, right? He ran away and look what happened to him. But again, this is another uh, parallel. They were attempting to draw and went nowhere with it was like a loose plot point that never went anywhere but anyway i think we had to have and i mean i guess i didn't really look at that the parallelism between belschnickel and kate but i can see it now that you're mentioning that um especially because now her mom's giving attention to this other man the attention is not suddenly on her and she's afraid as well that her dad is being forgotten like like their the memory of their dad hangs hangs heavily over this i mean this is they call this a christmas chronicles part two and not two and i think that's accurate it really is the second part of the story they started in one this whole grieving and their dad and trying to move on Mm -hmm. right uh which is something as a as a dad i'm getting real tired of i feel like i've got a target on my back in every holiday movie that i'm watching now like i'm supposed to die Especially Pixar's yeah. non-holiday. So we get we 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 see her get upset. She decides to make a call, like to plot to run away because what parent doesn't abandon their children to go get some booty on a special trip on Christmas Eve, right? Uh, if I was that guy and what's her name was my fi- my uh, soon to be fiance, I'd be like, give me some of that booty on Christmas. <laughs> Well, she's a um, cutie McCute face. Yeah, that was an odd. odd. It was Maybe odd though. Hundred percent odd. Hundred percent odd. But there is there is nobody in the world I would rather spend Christmas Eve with than my my daughter. Yeah, I, like I, I would, would not trade be... my child for a a, a a Christmas with anybody else. I just wouldn't. Maybe I'm a better parent than what they wrote into this. Maybe they didn't think it through. I just don't find it believable also that you're in a foreign country and you're just going to up and leave your children by themselves to fend for themselves for days. That's just not... One night, and that happens. They do have those things in a lot of places I've been, like, out of the country. Yeah, is that just a resort thing? Yeah, it's a a very big resort thing. You're still in Mexico with all the problems they have, and you you know you've got this child... It's a 
a Christmas movie. They're not delving into gangs roaming the streets and you leave the resort and it's not safe. But I agree with you on the fact that, yeah, very weird choice to have them leave them on Christmas Eve. It was a weird I choice. I will agree with you on leave. that. Yes. And also another weird, not a weird choice, but another trope I am getting sick of in pop culture is the stupid, nerdy, oh, I'm hypochondriac and a little uh, smarter and more uh, kid that this Jack was. So annoying. Yeah. It's a trope now, and it's annoying. It so we just saw it in Jingle Jangle. We saw this. We did just see the, the same kid in yeah, Jingle I mean, Jangle, the and then the yeah. whole but, yeah, the whole. What's the character you couldn't pronounce the name of that now I can't think of? Gustafson. <laughs> That's it. And Gustafson. Guff, I can't even say it, but him. <laughs> he so was Belschnickel, and Jeronicus was Santa. I mean, there were a lot of very similar maker, themes yeah. in this one. Yeah, where where Jingle Jangle was just far and beyond so much better. At oh, all of even that. even the end when he j- j- Jingle or Jingle, yeah, Jangle, whatever the heck yeah. his name is. Jeronicus gave him the toy. That's yeah. what yeah. exactly what Santa did here at the end. Yeah. And then she used her witchy powers to open it, which is so stupid. That anyway. didn't feel as witchy. It was more like the cauldron that was just like... The cauldron, like the, potion, the potion making? Her potions and tonics. Oh, you know what else I hated? The useless scene where she makes healthy food taste good and it all looks like dessert treats. Hated that. I think that, that was epic. I thought that was funny. I thought that was a very like, okay, that explains why in every Christmas movie, Santa's always eating junk and he hasn't had a heart attack yet. Yeah, I didn't need that. He's magical. He should be able to eat whatever the heck he wants to eat. (laughs) You know what I did Uh, like? I did like that the the Aurora Borealis acts as the shield from the outside world and that's why no one can find the North Pole. I thought that was clever. That was cool. I think the North Pole looked beautiful. The wood, I mean... Santa's the, more the of a bedroom. humble man in my i in my uh, in my idealized Santa version. He's more of a humble guy. He doesn't need this, hey, I, and I didn't like it in Rudolph either because he had the big castle in Rudolph. He's more of a humble guy. A few workshop of a workshop, a small house. He doesn't need a giant castle or this giant village erected in his name. Anyway, yeah, I liked it at all. I thought it was beautiful. It looked very, very pretty. And the tree, you have a tree in the center that didn't even look like a nicely decorated Christmas tree, which is annoying. Well, no, it wasn't it where the elves live? It was still decorated though, right? Wasn't it a Christmas tree? Yeah, but I assumed it was like the trolls tree at trolls where they like live. But they had houses because when they, they when well, yeah, they did have houses. In the village. Yes, they ran out with knives and chainsaws. Oh, so stupid. Anyway, yeah, just we'll get to that. Little things, aren't they? Which <laughs> is like the first <laughs> one. Remember, he took he took out the the that saw? one. Yeah, the one had chainsaw, and it was yeah. funny. But when all of them have like knives and weapons and chainsaws, yeah. I was like, dang. Yeah, and Mrs. Claus only. <laughs> only arms jack with a nerf gun <laughs> Again, when she knows these elves are out there freaking wielding like nail guns and crap <laughs> anyway sorry we're jumping ahead no you're good you're good kate calls to to get a ride to go somewhere she's gonna run away belschnickel shows up with a golf cart and of course you know uh kate hops in and jack hides in the back as we expect and they're while they're arguing belschnickel there was one funny line here one funny line here. It probably was my biggest laugh of the whole movie, as much as I hate this kid trope. And it's, it was when uh, 
he was like, you're three years older than me, but I respect the chain of command. <laughs> and then he turned yeah. to walk away. That made me laugh. Even though I hate this, like, I, oh, I just, they do overdo it so much nowadays. It just annoys me. Mm-hmm. So they end up getting put into a wormhole and they're in this area where Santa is hunting. What was it? The, the Yule Jolo? cat. Jolo, yeah, the name? Yule cat. Jolo. Jolo the Yule cat, which looks really cool, and he's chasing it with the uh, with the reindeer. And I think this scene looked cool. Mm-hmm. I liked how calm, cool, collected Kurt Russell is in that sleigh. I like his sleigh. I really do. I hate yeah. the sleigh. That's I one thing I hated even sleigh. more. But no, I did like the scene, even though you could tell he was in front of a green screen with nothing yeah. around him. It was fun. It was a cool scene. I liked it. Uh, and so. Kate and I was a pr- I appreciated because the trailer man looked like he was hunting him. I appreciated they showed him with the net. He wasn't going to kill this cat. I liked that. Anyway. Uh, uh, after what I saw happen in the, the reindeer stables, I disagree with you strongly. Put that cat out of my misery. But Kate and Jack are in this area. They're in danger. She calls out for help. Santa hears, goes and rescues her. Takes her back to the North Pole. She very excitedly gets to meet Mrs. Claus. We see this longing, this love of children that Mrs. Claus has, and she hasn't been around kids in a long time. This reminded me of Santa Claus the movie, and I really wish they had gone there and said they couldn't have kids or whatever. I like think it's Santa heavily Claus implied. I would have preferred, I would have liked I them can to- agree. Did, but well, did yeah. you did you did you get the Santa Claus movie vibes from that them too? When I it did. Came to kids? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. That they longed for kids. Yep. I thought you'd like that because you're a kidless Santa person, right? Oh, I I, I did really like. But you that. just wanted it. I wanted that to be more explicit. Almost. Yeah. 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 So um, we are back at the North Pole. Mrs. Claus is excited. She doesn't want the kids to go back. Santa's like, well, you know, it would be rude of us. I thought that was that that interaction between Santa and Mrs. Claus was cute. Where he's like, well, it would be rude if we sent them back without anything to eat. And she's like, oh yes, it would. Well, let's go back and have a little a little dinner, and then we'll take them home. It did make me laugh how Santa at dinner ate like a king, like would talk with his mouth full, chugging the beer or cocoa or whatever. The stein. I loved, yeah. I loved I that loved he was drinking out of that. a stein. Yeah, yeah that was. But awesome. th- I love that he was like one of the typical like older king type guy in that scene, like yeah. talking mouthful, crumbs everywhere. Like I like yeah. that a lot. <laughs> I like that too. So. From here, we Belschnickel sneaks into the North Pole, right? He I mean, a, he snuck in when Santa flew back in because yeah, he grabbed but onto we the see him, Right, but we see him here. He's up to something. He's going after the Christmas star, which is a weird mythology that some old, like, wood elves created the casing for, and Santa was able to harness the power of the Bethlehem star. Uh, didn't really need all of that. It could have just been like a magic star that was there that powered the North Pole, which is what it did. It kept the North Pole. It was somehow tied to the the Aurora David Boreanis, or maybe who, something Aurora Borealis. Oh, but you were quoting Family Guy, yeah. Uh, Aurora <laughs> David Boreans, is that what you were saying? Borealis. Have, you, have you seen that? There's a scene of fam, Family Guy, and you see the the Aurora Borealis, and there's like his face, and he's talking to them. Anyway, um, uh, but no, or let the star have been something Santa himself created and invented with like Belschnickel's help or something, and Belschnickel steals it back, and Santa, yeah, I don't know, something other than the Bethlehem star. I appreciate them trying to tie some kind of religious mythology in there, but it's just weird. Belschnickel ends up, Belschnickel ends, well, and oh, 
before all this happens, the kids get to, we see what the Christmas Chronicles are, which those are beautiful books. So these yeah, they are. That are history of Christmas. Did you read the Christmas Chronicles, by the way? No. No. There are actually three books that they compiled into one called the Christmas Chronicles. You've probably seen them because two of them are always in the Barnes and Noble section every Christmas. The autobiography of Santa Claus and how Mrs. Claus saved Christmas. I have, uh-uh. I own two. Yeah, they're okay. They're written like, they're not written like a novel. They're written like more of a history perspective on Santa and Mrs. Claus and how they evolved over the years. It's interesting. Huh. Didn't know that. Yeah. So she pulls out these books. They're beautiful. They, they have some sort of magic where you can see the story play out in the book, which was neat and- to see. And it was great to see Mrs. Claus reading them bedtime stories and them being so excited about it. Yeah. And this is where I thought, I wonder what Tom thinks of this scene with St. Nicholas in Turkey. Yeah, I dumb. wondered that too. You did, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. Was Tom. It was dumb. Yeah, it was that like, he's going to have words about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't show him as a bishop. They didn't talk about like his role or what he I was. I thought they did refer to him as a bishop. They didn't show but he wasn't like, he wasn't dressed as a bishop he wasn't in a bishopric role he was just some random dude creeping through the streets looking like he was trying to kidnap children or something he did look really sneaky this was like this was the fourth century this was the fourth century equivalent of driving around with a van with no windows that says free candy (laughs) Uh, so we see all the history of santa and then things go awry and uh, all the elves are getting drugged wait 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 wait. no before things go awry so Belschnickel has this, the rogue elf load up. It. So they have these cannons that make it snow, which I thought was cute because mm-hmm. the Aurora Borealis shields them from the outside world. So they have to kind of like generate their own snow. Just a cool thing, I guess. But they switch the ingredients in it that will make the elves go crazy, essentially, once they fire With off. elf bane. Elf bane, which again, okay. sounds like some weird evil potion type thing, right, Julia? I but, think uh, it is. Yes. But before things go crazy, I did like seeing Santa and Mrs. Claus had fallen asleep on the couch watching It's a Wonderful Life in Elfish. That was cute. (laughs) (laughs) Their room is so cozy. I mean, that blazing fire and like, I'd be asleep. The two dogs right next to them too. Yeah, those two Bernies. Oh my goodness. Love them. And this is where tragedy strikes too. Yeah, it With is Dasher. We see Dasher boldly. I like the fact that all the reindeer are female because they were the only ones who would have their antlers this long. Yes, I like that too. I love that. But they retcon that from the first one because they refer they constantly they to Comet as a boy in the first one. Oh. Yeah. The you know, movement can, got him. Things can change. I had a I had a cat that was named Shira that we later learned was a boy and named changed his name to He Man. It happens, you know. I mean, my cat Shelly <laughs> was named Sheldon, and then we found out she was a girl. And so we had Shelly. There yeah. were two whole years. There were two whole years. Who knows what we learned about Comet in those two years? Jolo <laughs> is attacking the the reindeer. One thing I didn't like about this though, Jolo was greatly outnumbered, and all the other reindeer just sat by and watched Dasher sacrifice herself. Mm-hmm. That annoyed yeah. me too. Yeah, like they they didn't do anything to drive Jolo away until after Dasher got hurt. That was stupid. Yeah, I I did. I did like they didn't and (laughs) they didn't show the fight. They just showed it in shadows and launching at each other, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, A, it would have been too scary for kids and violent. But also at the same time, also at the same time, part of me thinks, ugh, budget. It was still upsetting (laughs) for kids with what they showed. Cut Kurt Russell's budget. And put more money into the CGI elves and the reindeer. That's what I'm saying. I like the reindeer. 
I disagree on the reindeer. I agree with the elves, but I disagree with you on the reindeer. And I agree with Joel about Jola. Jola was, they spent a lot of time and money on Jola. Jola, Jola was clearly where the I budget mean, went. But, you know, YOLO, Jolo, right? You only live once, Jolo. Let's make this good. Oh my gosh, that was bad. Uh, so Santa goes in and finds Dasher is in, is in danger. Everything goes down. They can tell the star is lost. Santa and Belschnickel have this fight where some toxic masculinity pissing contest in Julia's words. Told, no, I said somehow, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. So <laughs> there you go. Belschnickel created this this glove that somehow has magic. It looks like a video game, the Wizard or whatever. Gravity glove. It looks it looks like he went and got the discount Thanos. Yeah. Glove on clearance <laughs> at Toys R Us as it's going out of business. It's like the last thing on the shelf. He got he got the weird Chinese ripoff packages that says large purple Thanos glove. <laughs> or Canos glove. Canos. <laughs> uh, this this was this was phoning it in. The costume department was phoning it in to the max yeah. on this one. So the they end up breaking the star of Bethlehem. Huge problem. And yeah. Belschnickel ends up running away, or so we think. And they decide, okay, we got to split up. Mrs. Claus, I need you to stay here and figure out. Oh, well, no. First, they start getting attacked by the elves. They are like, hey, Santa, want to fight? Want a snow fight? And I did I like that Santa them. bowled them over. And basically, oh, the ball I- kept going bigger and bigger as it kept picking them up. And it took them out, which, was, which they hearken back to later, but not as well. Anyway, um, so Santa gets gets the buys them a little time they decide they have to split up santa has to go and he's never flown with only seven reindeer before but he has to go now to find these other elves and these other elves can help him recreate the star that he needs but mrs claus has to stay behind and fix dasher with her with her witchery and oh and thank god jack stays with her because i would have been nervous that as a witch she would have like sawed off dasher's head or something and used the deer's blood in a potion or something and like (laughs) worn his fur as her new coat and the arrows on her head Anthony has no concept of good witches, apparently. Anthony's all, all I mean My cousin's in-laws are like I saw she she used to argue with me over all the time over Harry Potter. And she put something on my wall once. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? False. There's no such thing as good witches. And it was Harry Potter burning in hell. I was like <laughs> who was this it was like a, my cousin's in-law so like no one directly related to me well that's oh, my, my mom's feelings to harry potter so i guess you i can't really you haven't won her over yet huh no there's not gonna be yet? any winning her over she's a lot less irritated when i bring it up but i think she's just like desensitized <laughs> now probably i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I, I no remember we had a. I was really excited when I heard one of our bishops doing a homily and using Harry Potter as the point of reference in a very positive light. It made my Aww. heart happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just that story will always stick with me. False, there are no good witches, and it just showed Harry surrounded by fire. <laughs> I wonder if there's a chick track out there, Julia, with Harry Potter. Oh, I'm quite certain. I have every chick track that was. No. Ever produced prior to night or two thousand fourteen or twelve? Those things are horrifying. It's in my it's in my catalog of the of, of cultic beliefs. 
that I have. Oh my gosh. I have a really big cult library, y'all. I guess so. Huge. Anyway, so they break it. Santa leaves. He's never flown with only seven reindeer, which I would imagine would make the the the, the maneuvering and the pulling of the sleigh more difficult. But for whatever reason, Why? he decides to add the extra weight of of well, because it's it's you're now imbalanced. He's okay, and, what, they, uh, and half the time Santa has Rudolph in mythology, and that's nine. Just but here, here, he, in this, in this, in this story, they make a big deal about how he's never done it with less than eight reindeer. Yeah, and there's concern. he's saying it's his family. The reindeer so, are part of his family, and he's lost one, and he's showing the value of one person of the team, one member of the team. So he decides yeah. to replace that member of the team with Kate. In the story right. with him, leaves Jack behind, and for whatever reason, we have this this kid that is now being sent on this treacherous journey through the North Pole to find a flower that's supposed to reverse Elfbane, while Mrs. Claus sticks around to fix Dasher. She gives him two cookies to, fi- to fix Dasher, basically to feed water to Dasher the entire time. She was doing no fixing until he got back. We don't we don't know what's in that water, and we don't know how her magic works. I don't know that she's a witch. I have not seen her wade next to a duck hey how come santa could just like go touch his nose dash to the mountain grab the wolf spain and come back why couldn't he have done the same thing to get the star you tell me i don't know it's a we we see we see issues in a lot of these movies but it's journey before destination anthony uh, to quote brandon sanderson one of the first ideals of the knight's radiant (laughs) <laughs> Mrs. Claus gives Jack two cookies. One, a snowman that gives him bravery. And let's give a child a high-powered explosive in the form of uh, a gingerbread cookie. Did y'all call that the snowman was a placebo? 100%. Yeah. It needed to be, though. These the Kids need these need those things, though, to learn that, like, deep down. The, the, the story's there, again, not for us. It's for kids. Deep down, you have what you need to, to do what you need to do. Be so my anyway, hero, he Jack. Off. Be my hero, Jack. That's what my mom he, always told me. Yeah, that was lame. He nearly dies, but he does get what he needs and comes back. While Teddy and Santa are on their own journey, they end up finding out, we end up finding out that Belschnickel again caught a ride on the sleigh. And we find this out because Santa's talking about how Belschnickel can never be as fast as him. And Belschnickel's like, you underestimate me again, old man, which was a really dumb line. Why did he jump <laughs> off there anyway? Why did he jump off there? Where was he jumping off to? Do we know? No, I don't. Okay. So oh, but, but this annoys me because, oh, he probably did get his, his sleigh and his reindeer. Because he but comes he just back happened with them. to be right there. Yeah, he comes back with his dark but, reindeer, which are supposed to be. But no, 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 no. I want to say something. This, this villain yeah. is the laziest freaking villain. He is not proactive at all. He just hitches rides the entire time to get where he needs to go. He is not a yeah. planner, this dude. He is not proactive at all. Like you said, it took him two freaking years to track down a videotape of Kate. Yeah. So they get to this place where these, these special elves are, and they start shooting at Kate and at Santa. And Santa's, like, doing some Matrix blocking of these arrows, catches one right before it hits Kate in the face. But... He got shot in the bum, which he couldn't feel because of his old bum in the sleigh for whatever reason. 
and the elves are like how do we know you're really santa do your santa magic so he puts his finger aside of his nose and makes the arrow in his bum disappear they still don't believe him until he freezes one of the elves and then uh, he's like these are young elves they're only a couple hundred years old i haven't been here in 500 and something years and then we see the old elves who can craft the casing for the star they talk about how dangerous it is but then they do it and i don't see any danger happening anywhere and when they give it to santa he holds it and they do some sort of incantation to pull down light from the star of bethlehem which doesn't make a lot of sense it looks like the eye of a tornado or like the eye of a hurricane opening up we see the light come down they get what they need they go to leave santa gets attacked by belschnickel's dark reindeer which look like some horrid hyena yeah some warped hyena they look like the the they all look like the dumb hyena from the lion king the first one they look like the dumb the dumb they look like ed they all look like ed they as well, they're fighting it's at this point well actually it was 20 minutes before this point i'm like holy crap there's still an hour and 20 minutes left to this movie yes so they're yes. fighting the, the slays are com- combated are combative they're fighting kate ends up dropping the star and belschnickel gets the star and he puts some sort of janky time travel device where, where when they introduce time travel at this point i was like what is going on yeah. So they end up going back, and we know it's time travel because Santa and Kate end up landing, and we see a Pan Am plane, which I thought was a little yeah. cheesy way to show time travel too. They well, they showed it beforehand, a- before they even go back. Santa says, "Look at this. Where, when?" And then you see the thing spinning to nineteen ninety yeah. before they even go back and see anything. Oh, I I was watching this with Ellie, so I was probably distracted when I saw nineteen ninety, but. Um, I just saw the Pan Am plane, which I thought was lame to have Pan Am as like a focal point. I love, so, I, I think Pan Ams are cool. I used to love that show too with Christina Ricci when it was on TV for one season, Pan Am. I never saw it. Pan so they, they end up, Santa ends up finding the device and he's like, oh, look. And of course it's this crappy design. And so they've got to reprogram it, but they need the power source and it's triple A or double A batteries, which is ridiculous. Triple A battery, double, triple A whatever three batteries three batteries so can, can can take the entire thing through all this time so through all through you know decades they end up going inside and saying it's like okay we've got to make something some magic happen here i need christmas magic i'm going to do this and since came well, off to go get this batteries. reminded me of elf because at the very beginning they say oh there's no better way to spread the they they don't say basically their variation of best way to spread Christmas cheer sing around for all to hear right and they talk I about that give it that much. I didn't give them that much credit it was just the repeat from when they were in jail in Santa Claus in the Christmas Chronicles one I'm ch- yeah okay but, but again, I see what you're saying I, I see what you're saying right and he does the same thing here by starting this big musical number at the at the airport except after canceling no- everybody's plane. At least this musical number was a lot more fun than the jailhouse musical number. I, it was way more. I love this one 20 times more than the musical number in the first one. No, I like the jazzy, bluesy rock way better. I, I didn't like this one at all. I didn't like the- But it was song. Darlene Love, which is neat. It was Darlene Love. Um, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't love either of them. I thought they were both over the top. Forced. Too hokey. Uh, yeah, it was forced. So Kate goes to buy batteries, passes off a $20 bill. I thought this was kind of funny because if you go back in yeah. time, how are you going to buy something? Oh, she's obviously passing a counterfeit bill from 2020. It was a, yeah. that interaction with the salesperson was funny, right? 
Uh, except for the fact. Yeah. Okay. Except for the fact that what, Anthony? What Nothing. was wrong with this scene now? No, no. Now I need to know what was wrong with it. Come on. I know people had grand ideas about the future, but nobody in 1990 was saying, oh, money's going to be digitalized by 2020. Well, we were saying we'd be flying. We'd be in flying cars by the time 2020 hits. Right. But I don't think Bitcoin or digital money. money was even a big thing. Like a, a uh, thought you obviously did not grow up in evangelical churches where they were convinced that there was going to be a chip put in you and that's how you'd pay for everything. Oh, that'd be still, Mark of the Beast. That's true. I'm yeah, still waiting yeah. for the Mark of the Beast to be implanted in me. Apparently, well, it's a COVID what, vaccine now. But that's something that we were taught. That? Like, we would no longer yeah, have people cash. are saying that. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's that that Bill Gates is bringing about the mark of the beast between 5G and COVID vaccine, and I don't. So we 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 were told all things would be digitized in the religious group I was a part of. We so I don't think anybody would have worded it that way, though. I agree with you on that. And then she encounters the police officer. Police officer takes her into from Glee airport. Yeah, takes him into airport jail. Oh, that's in airport I'm... jail. She meets this boy. Who we immediately, we all immediately know is her dad. Everybody knows that it. it's mm-hmm. the setup was weak. They could have found other ways to do it, but um, as they're in there, he they end up. He calls her a Grinch, which I kind of find funny, and I don't know why he talks about coming from a line of the long line of true believers. That felt very forced and fake. It, it was so forced Stay the way on. he brought that up. But the way he started it by like calling her like Grinch, it almost felt flirty too, which also seems like very Back to the Future. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate that fell, but again, that's because it reminded me of Back to the Future, and I love Flirty Mom and Back to the Future. Or to quote, to use Julius here word, I loved Thirsty Mom and Back nope, to the Future. Nope, nope, <laughs> not using that word. It's not my word. I thought it was your word. Who used that word? Maybe it was she Tom. Doesn't... I knew. T- Tom I made a joke that. about that word, and Julia really didn't like it. No, I know. That's why oh. I called it Julia's word, because I knew oh, she didn't oh. like it. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> We're on the same page now. Yeah. So, <laughs> he ends up helping her ba- break out of airport jail just in time to see the, the cop. They end up leaving. Everything is fixed. They're saying their goodbyes together, and he ends up saying, you know, his name is Doug. And as Santa's looking at the, the device, he puts the keys back in or the, the batteries back in. He's like, Oh yes, Pierce. He's making sure that, that Kate knows it's her dad. I did find the, I did find Doug's face funny when she's hugging him and she's like, goodbye dad. And he's like, what? <laughs> his his face, That was, that scene was the buildup was the, the buildup. How over the top it was, was worth it for that little scene and that closure for her with her dad. <laughs> Again, this whole scene worked for me a lot more than any of the dad stuff in the it first one did. It did work. It, it, did work. it, it, it got it tugged on my heart, and I can't say that for most anything else in this movie. But but, but it, you have to. But the buildup was really cheesy. Like there was a oh, it was hundred percent cheesy. And but it was too long. That, t- that time been, travel is cheesy. Well, we could have had we could have had the time. I'm saying we could have had the time travel, and we could have. Yeah, had I did like his there. awkward pat on her back when she was hugging him. That felt yeah. like who hasn't been in an awkward hug where you're not sure what to do and you just go and you tap out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they leave, and we see why her dad is obsessed with video cameras. He's like, "No, I'm never going to go anywhere without a video camera again," which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. They leave, and she's like, well, what are we going to do when we get back? He's already going to be at the South Pole. And Santa's like, not now that we have time travel. And they go, Santa steals his, steals back the star of Bethlehem from Belschnickel on his sleigh. I like the way they do the Santa dissolve into, like, an immaterial gaseous state. That was a cool Red light. 
Mm-hmm. That was a cool effect for me. Santa, you don't have to put on the red light. Um, that was a, that was a cool effect for me. <laughs> um, and we have another fight. He's kind of destroying Belschnickel's destroying the sleigh. They end up um, pushing Kate out. Santa ends up getting Kate to jump, and she has a parachute on over the the North Pole. We have another toxic masculinity. They're going to play chicken for whatever reason, and. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Claus throws the exploding gingerbread cookie into the sky and it would have caused, I think that would have caused a great deal of harm to the reindeer. That explosion was very, very near. Who was it? It's comet risky. leading. Yeah. The, the reindeer break apart. The sleigh falls down. Mrs. Claus says she does it because she's tired of them fighting like this. It's, it's too much. Um, as Teddy is coming down, Belschnickel sees her on her way down. Oh, we forgot Jack has been sent out to fight the elves and given a Nerf gun that mm-hmm. somehow is working at fighting these demented elves. And then he picks up a giant sword. I mean, it was a cool Nerf gun. That's something a kid would love if she opened his trunk and gave them this amazing looking Nerf gun. Or with a crossbow. Gun. It was a crossbow. crossbow yeah. yeah. And then he takes that sucker and just starts like bowling through the elves, which was completely like with no resistance. That was hokey. It wasn't nearly as cool. That's what I was saying. The bowling worked. The, the sucker, sucker punching haha, of the elves didn't work for me. Uh, I told Ethan, I'm like, can you just stand back for a minute and picture the fact that him filming this scene is him in front of a green screen with nothing happening around him at all. Nothing. Right? And, and again, I'm like, oh, that'd be hard. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be difficult. And again, I point out the fact that Mrs. Claus sent this kid into battle with a Nerf gun when these elves are wielding chainsaws and knives and nail guns and crap like that. And they looked rabid. She... They looked rabid. Yeah. Yeah, they were I, I could have done without the elf bane. I think it would have been better if all of the good elves were fighting for Santa, right? If they had, if we had this, like, if they had stayed true. Anyway, so as Kate is falling, Belschnickel sees her. He gets his drone and starts shooting fire at her. Like, I don't know how this drone that picks things up now shoots fire. This is funny. So it was mostly Ethan and I invested in the movie at this point because Hannah was painting all day doing Christmas presents. So, you know, how he'd like shoot the fire and then she'd duck. And then, like, she'd look around, like, freaked out that he just shot fire at her. <laughs> she had that star in her hand. Ethan's like, put it in now. Now. Like, there'd be fire, and he'd go, now. Put it in now. <laughs> Wait, no, no, now. Like, do it now. <laughs> we just kept saying that. We're like, just make it happen. Like, we were fatigued at this point. I mean, I think we know that we knew, though, right? Like, again, this movie is freaking predictable. I think we knew the kid was going to shoot it with the Nerf gun. No, I didn't. I did not think of that because I don't think a little Nerf pellet thing is going to take down a freaking drone. And that was ridiculous. Not only did it, would it not have had that reach? Because that that was way too far. Did it hit hit with enough velocity to take down a drone? No, this is where I draw the line. (laughs) This is where Tom draws the line. This is where the rage comes out. She puts it back in. Everybody's fine. Everything is saved. Santa talks to Belschnickel. Belschnickel ends up admitting he misses Santa and Mrs. Claus. Then Santa Santa pulls a Geronicus, hands the original toy back. What they've yeah. been saying that if you don't want to be a human anymore, you need to come back. Teddy's like, I don't know why you don't want to be a human. Being humans are okay. And he and then he the- turns into this horrific oh, wait he email. opens the he opens the present and a butterfly flies out and magically writes the word believe. no 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 no. he does not open the present he's not oh, going to open the present this is claus right. works for witchcraft which i'm with you julia this didn't bother me as much compared to everything yeah. else she did this movie but she works for witchcraft and the butterfly comes out flies around him 
and right toward belief and bam he's back to being a creepy no, partially no, no, transformed no. it's not bam it's a 30 second body horror transformation that transforms <laughs> him into this horrifying elf that looks more human than squirrel like the rest of the elves which automatically makes him look odd and faker because by they're this, all happy to have him back they're all happy to have him back Santa and Mrs. Claus literally cradled him like a baby at this point after he was just a 300 pound kid <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Mrs. Claus kisses him on the head, like, ten times. It was really creepy. Like, ten times. This is not a baby. Choice. He's a billion-year-old elf at this point. She's compensating for not having children, Anthony. That's what we're seeing here. Pick up one of the other elves, because there are a lot of cuter elves in this one. Well, but this so, is the one they invested in the most. I so can then, see it. It was so creepy. This was his Gustafson. So then... Santa takes No, no, no. Then no. Then Santa says this absurd thing. Order has been restored at the North Pole. And I'm like, what? (laughs) All these years you're just waiting for this stupid elf to come back? Like, oh, give me a break. I I think he (laughs) I think he's generally referencing like the star and everything back to normal. Like, no, Oh, he, before this though, he's he's thrown Jolo right. He he spun him around a lot and threw the cat way off into space. Somewhere. Well, because because what happened was Jolo was about to attack Mrs. Claus, but then Correct. we see Dasher fully healed comes running out and saves her, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then uh, awesome. Santa's like Santa's like you made the wrong move or whatever Clint Eastwood type thing he said. And then he grabbed Jolo by the tail, spun him around and flung him out of the North Pole. John Wayne, 100%. (laughs) And then we take the kids back. They fall out of the sky. Parachute comes out on their way down. Uh, Teddy sees it. They land. The parachutes disappear. Teddy's really excited to hear what happens. But mom's waiting. So my question is, why is Teddy on the beach with by himself at this point? Because he said he says it. He was told told to find them. Okay, but he's not looking for them. He's lying on the beach by himself. Mom and boyfriend are still partying, not at all concerned that these children are missing somewhere in a foreign country that is riddled with gang violence and human trafficking and drug lords. Uh, So they walk back in and they're like, "Oh, hey, there you are, kids. Cool. Come here. Give your mom a hug." And she's like, okay, maybe I don't hate your, your boyfriend anymore. This is all going to be okay. <laughs> Did you have a nice romp in the sheets while you abandoned us to go off? Oh, That's basically where we are at this, right? <laughs> I mean, and then we get to end this movie. What has to be the most dramatic and longest version of Oh Christmas Tree oh, I've Christmas ever tree. heard. <laughs> it went on forever. Well, and it, tra- it, it, it transcended continents. They start singing it on the beach with no Christmas tree around. Like, it's weird yeah. to sing a Christmas tree with no Christmas tree. And while no, they're not singing- when it's the dad's favorite song. That's why. Because it was the oh. dad's favorite song. That, that, number one. Was then, two, then two. I was about to say, nobody's favorite song. You know, Christmas nobody's tree. favorite song. But- That's the song that you skip 40% of the time, at least, when it's on a playlist. But then number that two, Twelve Days of Christmas. Number two, to your point earlier, Julia, when you told Ethan, imagine this kid shooting at nothing from a green screen. 
I just imagine Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, two seasoned actors. Kurt Russell has been in like a million freaking action movies, standing at the North Pole dressed as Santa and Mrs. Claus on the green screen with nothing around Mrs. Claus them. Claus like this the whole time. <laughs> holding nothing and i did i did think it was cute though when they started waltzing like dancing yeah i like around. that and it snows and, and the end so one thing we didn't talk oh, no, about no 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 not the end santa does a little the throwing thing and merry christmas appears in the aurora borealis over cancun for yeah. and and mom and boyfriend are just like oh this is totally normal what? Yeah, they, they kind of look like the way the boyfriend reacted. It was almost like, oh, who put the drone in the air and did this for us? Who sky wrote this for us? Like, it was such a weird reaction. There was no, there was no, like, what the heck is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 I, I think their response think, wasn't even like, oh my garland. No, it was like a boring, like, oh, this is kind of cool. Look at this. I think, I think we can agree as, as big of Christmas lovers as we are, if we're in Cancun, and the Aurora Borealis appears at Merry Christmas, and you're like, what the heck? Like, I want to know, <laughs> my question is who spiked my drink at this point, right? <laughs> Although, they did abandon their kids to go do God knows what, who, for all we know, they're still drunk. <laughs> so, the one thing we didn't talk about was the stupid things that Bell Snickle did to be a naughty elf, right? They weren't even bad things for real, like he, he spray paint, he put spray paint on the, the sleigh. <laughs> sleigh. Well, that was the final straw. He put his own picture on the, the, the North Pole beer. Did y'all notice that the Santa picture on the North Pole Coke, not beer, was... Oh, come on. He was doing the same pose, and he looked like Santa Claus the movie, the same outfit from Santa Claus the movie and everything. First thing I Oh, noticed. I didn't notice that. Yep. Which would make sense, because of the, when, that, when that happened, you know, time-wise. Yep. Yeah. All right. So first, uh, and he put a whoopee cushion under an elf, and that somehow that was evil. <laughs> and the marbles or the gumballs <laughs> that that was the most evil because I'm thinking of like some Just poor mischief. Elf, elf yeah, but he was basically doing what a bratty kid does, like, and he got punished for life because of it. Where did he get those colors? Yeah. Where did he get those clothes he started wearing too? Like, none of his clothes matched anything anybody. It's not like you just. It's not like you just go to the elf store and buy like, okay, this you know is what? my teen angst. It's no wonder he was bratty because he looked different than the, all the other elves. He was basically he the did. Rudolph of elves. Well, and if there's anything that we learned from Rudolph, it's that anything that makes you different makes you bad unless it somehow can be exploited by somebody else. So Santa just didn't have a way to exploit Belschnickel anymore. So Belschnickel felt bad and like Rudolph did until his, his nose became the, the, what saved the day. I mean, you do. I just brought up Santa Claus the movie. Yeah, this was a, it was very similar in the way Dudley Moore gets kicked out, falls out of Santa's good graces, right? And is a shoddy toy maker compared to Santa. Yeah. That's what kind of remind me of, too. Is this a Christmas movie? Yes. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Does it have a creepy Linus moment? <laughs> yes. A really creepy one. A really <laughs> creepy one. Uh, this is our creepiest Linus moment we have, correct? Can we all agree? Probably. Yes. Okay, creepiest Linus moment ever. Uh, I do want to. I do want to. Before we rank it, there was what we got a lot of feedback. But I want to read one piece before we rank it, and it's from Disco Fifty Four. Stephen Beach, our good friend. This, is this on movie, Santa Claus Three? This movie is basically the Santa Claus Three, except slightly better. Except better, <laughs> which I is true. There was, no, there was no slightly in there. He just said it was better. It's true. Yeah. That's another one it reminded uh, me of. I can see that. 
I can see that. Are we ranking those? That's what I was. Why wouldn't we? You, <laughs> no, I meant like, it's, are we there yet? I meant. Oh. <laughs> we are. I'm pulling up the list right now, but that's what I was trying to segue into earlier. Oh, Tom, you gave the first one a 9.2. I love it still. It's still it's in good. my. It's good. I love it. It's on my canon. It is in my top 10. It is a movie I will watch a time and time again. Can I if tell you, you had to re rank it, what would you give it, Anthony? I gave it a 4.6. I'd probably give it a 3. Ooh. I'm going to come in at a 3. 3. 5.6. It's better than the Ooh. first, in my opinion. Which gives us a 3.867, which puts it in tier 4. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. At number hey. 68 on the list. Between mm. A Christmas Story Live and Good Luck Charlie, It's Christmas. Mm. Wait, this is above Good Luck Charlie, It's Christmas? It is. Is that because of Anthony's stupid rating of that mo- that movie? I don't think I gave that a very high rating. Either. And for the record, for comparison, the first Christmas Chronicles fell in tier two, <laughs> seeing is believing, believing is seeing, at number 30 with a 7.263. So four oh, man, I was points too harsh over. on Good Luck Charlie. I was way too harsh on Good Luck Charlie, y'all. And I do think we may have some harsh criticism from our listeners this week, because judging from feedback we've got, uh, I just watched it. It's amazing. Not quite as good as one, but still a great film. Santa's Village is the best I've ever seen. Anthony, I cannot believe you don't like number one. It's top of my list. It beats Elf. This is why Tom says you're the worst. I'm joking. Thank you for providing amazing content that gets me through work every day. That's courtesy of Craig Wildman. Alonzo Duraldi, who we need to get on this show at some point. But he wrote, I think it improves on the original in various ways. Mainly the L's are less annoying this time. They are less annoying, but they, it's still just, they look under, they look low budget. Brian Entz wrote, I love the fact that there's so many Christmas legends in it, you old cat. I do agree with that. I do like I do like the attempts, but they haven't they didn't do any of them justice except for you old cat. McLean Slaughter wrote, one little detail in this one that's bugging me. The St. Nicholas changed his name to Santa Claus because of his time with the elves. Why is his name in Elvish something other than Santa Claus? It sounds like an Elvish is something like Sintish Clow, which is a good point. And then point. Ryan Kempkin wrote this movie was amazing in my books. Loved it. Got a little tearful at the ending song and meaning behind it. I'll be watching this one again and again and again. I apologize, Ryan. You're, we should have warned you at the beginning of this that you're not calling this episode. We got a... Uh, and Todd Killian wrote, it was disjointed at times, but fun and enjoyable. So people were a lot less harsh on it than the three of us were, y'all. Uh, we got a review from a friend. Did y'all see this? No. Who is Mike from Snow in Southtown? He said, listening to the podcast is like having a get-together with friends over the holidays. Yes, sometimes you will disagree, but in the long run, you just enjoy their company. Anthony, Julia, and Tom discuss all the wonderful and sometimes not so wonderful movies that the Christmas season throws upon us. Give them a listen, and they'll surely be your best friends at your next virtual Christmas gathering. Oh, that's that's awesome. That makes me so happy. Yeah, that's so nice. If you guys want another awesome Christmas podcast, check out Mike's podcast, Snow in Southtown. It's cool. And I do want to plug another podcast, too. Glenn Warren of Season Meetings podcast sent me this awesome little Christmas care package with two Christmas mugs, 
one of which is Mr. Narwhal from Elf, and one is Mickey Mouse in the Santa hat. And he sent me a bunch of Christmas chocolates and an awesome sticker, Seasons Eatings sticker. And it was just a very thoughtful thing. So thank you, Glenn. And I think I gain weight every time I listen to his podcast. <laughs> his podcast does make me hungry. You oh, salivate yes. while you're listening to it. It's good. Yeah. Can y'all believe that we are out of November tomorrow? No. No. Like, we were talking at the beginning about how slow the whole year was going, but I feel like the season is just... It's flying. It's flying by. It's making it's me flying sad. by. Yeah. Isn't that but, how it always happens? But there's it still is how time. it always happens. There's still time for y'all to engage with us, for us to get to know each other a little bit more during the season, for y'all to be our best friends at our virtual Christmas gatherings. And if you want to do that, the best way in this next month to start that is by hitting us up on social. Head on over to tisthepodcast.com slash Reddit, Facebook, Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, any of those. And you can chat with us, get to know us and our awesome listeners. We have great community. Our Facebook group is so much fun. I cannot recommend it enough. So head on over. And if you want additional content, get in just before the holidays, your gifts from Tits the Podcast. Where can listeners go, Julia? Well, I've actually been addressing some of these gifts from Tis the Podcast. So we have some extra content on our Patreon site. So if you use the handy link, tisthepodcast.com backslash Patreon, it'll take you to our Patreon page where you can see the different levels of giving and the different perks that come with it. Um, if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's kind of just an extra site where you gain access to extra content via donation. You can give as little as a dollar a month to hear all of our extra content. And there is a lot of new extra content on Patreon right now. Um, but if you give at higher levels, like at $3, you get a Christmas card. I've been working on those the last few days. Um, and then we have different levels as well where you get buttons. We even have a higher level where you get to come on and host an episode with us. So check it out if you're looking for something extra. Um, for those of you that have already been blessing us in that way, um, you're going to have a Christmas card coming at you. So get excited. Um, I got confirmation that our other things we've been working on are in production and going to end. That's exciting. Y'all, it's beyond exciting. You know what's not as exciting, Tom? What's not as exciting, y'all, is next week. Next week, I'm very excited, I'm sure as we all are, to welcome back April Riley. I'm sure Tom is very excited to welcome her back to see her destroy me. And while Julia is just excited to have another female presence on the show to combat the bearded men with. But we will be covering another Netflix original with her, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Much I'm not excited about having her on because I think I'm going to have to side with you. <laughs> I think judging from her comments on our Facebook group that she knows full well what this movie is, she just likes Dolly Parton. Do you think she'll admit that, though? Do you think she'll admit what it I is? I think she will. Love of Dolly Parton keep her from, from going down that path. I mean, I don't know. We've already hijacked our own list, so who knows? Uh, the week after that, I'm much more excited. We'll be covering the Hulu original movie, 2020 movie, Happiest Season. Y'all, I kind of can't believe I'm going to say this, 
but we only have 624 hours until Christmas. That's 26 days. Three weeks, y'all. It's almost time to open up the advent calendars. I know it. Bye. Happy birthday tomorrow, Mom. Happy birthday, Tom's mom. Sorry, but just can't even joke about that. Uh, Happy birthday. You can. She'll agree. Happy birthday, Tom's mom. Do your homework, y'all. Hope you get those advent calendars ready. Bye. Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. Oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. Not only green when summer's here, but in the coldest time of Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. Trying to, you trying to look at me like a sexy librarian right now? Because that's not working. For me. <laughs> <laughs> that made me very uncomfortable, whatever you were doing. <laughs> You're not going to seduce me to your side on this movie. <laughs> um... <laughs>